Welcome to another episode of the Your Home Buying Guide podcast. This is your one-stop shop home buying guide where every week I'm going to bring in industry experts to answer all of the most common home buying questions. I'm your host, Gadi Placido, and this week we are joined by Alyssa Guerin at Lamakia Realty. Uh, and Alyssa, I want to start this off by letting you brag about yourself for a little bit. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been a realtor, what made you decide to become one? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I've been in real estate for about eight years. My then boyfriend, now husband, and I kind of got into into it together. We actually started in network marketing, which some people will probably have their opinions on. You know, we were 19. We were bored, I guess you'd say, you know, understimulated and just looking for and got really excited about it. You know, didn't really know much about entrepreneurship at all, really. I don't really come from that type of background. So it was really exciting to learn that you can like build something yourself and you can grow businesses and all the personal development that came along with it. So that's kind of what geared us towards real estate because that hype fizzled out as all good network marketing companies do. And we got older, you know, at this point we're like 21 and we're like, what are we actually going to do? We had already stopped college and we're like, you know, that's not for us and jumped into real estate. We got into a real estate investing seminar that was being hosted in Boston and we went to that for a weekend and they were offering a course to help you basically start your real estate investing company. And we did it. We put every dollar we had to our name and took out some credit card debt, which probably wasn't the smartest thing looking back. But we were able to leverage it and it got us to where we are today. We really started, like I said, in that investing background, moved into sales, bought some investment properties and have kind of everything forward from that point on in real estate. Love that. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. We'll, we'll talk about your involvement in the investment property side. But a couple things before we dive in. So you're in the middle of creating a home buyer course. So I want to give you a chance to highlight that. So what's that all about? Where can people hear more about it? Cool. Thank you so much for asking. Yes. My I have a website. You can get through it through my Instagram, but it's MKG Home Solutions is my company. And it's actually the company that we started real estate investing with. And we've kind of just rebranded and changed the, you know, the intention of it. But yeah, you know, my major viewpoint on real estate is that you need to be educated to make educated decisions to leverage it and and move things forward with it. So as a realtor, I saw a huge need for this education. And one of the first things I do with a home buyer is I sit down and have a home buyer consultation. And pretty much 90% of people start with, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then I explain everything I can possibly explain in an hour. And then they're like, oh my God. <laughs> so I felt like there needed to be an elongated course or some platform where people could go take bits and pieces of this information over a, a longer period of time to really digest the information and be truly educated on real estate. Like a college course, right? We don't take courses like this in school at least that I've found, maybe you can somewhere, but I really saw a need for it. So yeah, I'm in the process of creating it. I'm really hoping to have it ready for the spring market because it's panning out to be another good one this year. So I really want to have that available because you can find a first time home buyer course anywhere, really. And I've attended a few myself and, you know, not to put anybody down or anything like that, but I feel like they're a little bit dry sometimes. They're a little bit surface level. You know, this is what a home inspection is. This is what home insurance is. All the generic stuff, which you do need to know. 
But people really want to know why to buy real estate. Why should you buy real estate? What is real estate? What should I buy? Should I buy a condo? Should I buy a single family? Should I buy a multifamily? And then how to do it and then how to leverage it further down the road. So that's really what my course is about. It's the fundamentals of real estate. And that's why it's called the ultimate home buyer course because it encumbrances all of that to hopefully give people a full spectrum of real estate, really, and then homes in general and bridging the two. You want to be able to kind of look at them both as as a home and also as an investment because it truly is, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love that. So this is, again, one of the reasons that I started this podcast because similar to you, like I think when you're making the biggest purchase of your lifetime, like there's no such thing as being too educated for it. So that's why like every week I'm bringing in people like yourself. Like I've had insurance people, CPAs, CFPs, realtors, like appraisers. Yes. I'm trying to bring in everybody, that's right? Awesome. Because there's so much information that can be shared. But a lot of people, and I'll put myself on this still too. Like when I bought my first house, I wasn't in the industry. Like I wasn't a loan officer at the time. I didn't know everything. I'm not claiming to know everything now. Yeah, um, that's, that's the thing about real estate. It's always yeah, challenging. yeah, and that's and that's frankly like why I'm I'm not doing this podcast like alone. Like I'm not just sitting okay. here and, and talking. Like I'm having industry experts on. Like I'm having all of these conversations that hopefully do answer a lot of questions for people. So Absolutely. I appreciate you hopping on and and kind of sharing some some knowledge on this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate. So I, I'm curious, like you got started in multifamily investing pretty early on in your career. What mm-hmm. made you take that jump? Why did you decide to get, you know, started in multifamily investing? Yeah, no, it's funny because I was working as a realtor. Like I said, I was started probably 21, 22. I don't come from a lot of money, I guess you put it blatantly. And as I'm working, I started working when I was 16 and not really saving money. I'm have bills to pay and I'm basically on on the the rat work on the rat. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're just making money to spend money and just to live, right? And even as a realtor. And it was funny because I'm like s- selling people's homes and I'm like, I will never buy a house myself. Like I won't ever be able to afford it. So that was like a really crushing realization. But then, you know, I I obviously was I knew about multifamilies and what they could offer. And that was always the goal. And especially in this area, like we're really lucky to live in New England because that's not very common in other parts of the country where you can buy a multifamily, especially like a three family property that pays majority of the mortgage realistically. And as prices have been going up, those numbers get a little more wonky. So yeah, you know, we, we knew that that was the intention. We actually, my husband and I were both working at a restaurant, you know, bartending while we were realtors full-time and we weren't able to get approved for a mortgage because our income was all over the place. So I think it was like early 2019, we were like, all right, if the end goal is to buy a house, we really need to just step aside, figure out what the actual goal is and make decisions based on that. So we got W-2 jobs and it felt a little bit like, oh, we're giving up, you know, we're not seeing this through, but it's what we had to do. And with six months, I was working in property management. He was working for a startup sales company, medical sales. And uh, within six months, we found the house that we wanted to buy. It was, it had come back to market. I had actually found it in like earlier, I think it was like early October. 
And I was like, wow, this is a great house for somebody. I wanted to post it on my social media and I asked the agent and she said, no, <laughs> okay, cool. And then February, I'm looking at the market and I see it back on the market. And I'm like, Keith, I feel like we have to try this. So we did. We went to look at it. It was perfect. Low maintenance, three family house in Hudson, New Hampshire, like unheard of, a very, you know, diamond in the rough type of property. And we hit up our loan officer and we're like, hey, can we make this work? And he's like, yeah, actually you can. <laughs> we're like, great. And, you know, come to find out all the numbers worked out where we were paying $400 a month to live there. Not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. <laughs> so, so what's the, what's the end goal? You know, I think a lot of people that get started in investing have, you know, something in sight. Like, do you yeah. have a, a number of doors that you want? Like, is there a, a monthly return that you want to get yeah. to before you stop? You know, and I was, I was thinking about this a lot and I don't have like a, a bunch of quantitative data that I'm going towards, you know, I want my investments to cover my living expenses. I think that's a lot of investors goals. So that's the initial goal. As far as like what I want to be buying, I want a small portfolio of rentals because I think I'm pretty good at managing property in that sense. I'd love to have some mixed use space, some small businesses to be able to rent out to. And I love the Airbnb or bed and breakfast industry. So I'm super excited to dive into that realm at some point. So it's going to be a, a very well-rounded portfolio, if you will. <laughs> Love that. So it's it's very it's a very different market, right? How does the the multifamily market differ from the single family market that honestly most people are accustomed to at this point? Yeah, another great question. You know, I think that there's there's a lot of demand everywhere. You know, I think that's easy to see. With multifamilies, it's interesting because a lot of them are older. So especially if you're looking in Lowell, like the, the older mill cities, Lowell, Nashua, even like Lemonster out that way, the properties are in rough shape sometimes. So it takes a lot of money to be put into them, plus, you know, the purchase price and then the rents kind of have to eat equal and balance that all out. So a lot of the times you see, you know, cash investors coming in probably from other areas that are seeing these areas rise up. So they're investing their money and they have the funds to be able to put the money into it and sit on it for 30 years and let it just appreciate. But I have had success with a lot of first time home buyers also looking for multifamilies. It's definitely a little bit trickier because you are competing with cash sometimes and you're competing with these investors. But Sometimes you just find that perfect property that other people are looking past. You moved more quickly on it than others did. There's all these different ways that you can kind of stand out to a homeowner, especially when you're making offers to, you know, to win the offer. And it's, I always say that when you're looking for property, whether it's a multifamily or a single family, it's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Sounds a little woo woo. I'm a little woo woo, but I do trust that everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. So when you're going into this, let's talk about, I guess, first time buyers. Sure. Like for the people that aren't like a hundred percent, like sure about what multifamily investing is, mm -hmm. how are you advising those buyers to assess the potential return on investment for those multifamilies? Yeah. So you definitely want you want to take everything into consideration, right? So obviously with a multifamily, there's a little bit more responsibility involved. You are a landlord. You have probably more than one heating system or, 
you know, just more utility to have to care for physically on the house. The house is probably a little bit bigger and square footage. So that poses more maintenance typically. But you have to take all of that and you have to look at what you're getting out of it, which, as I mentioned, is typically either a reduced mortgage or sometimes you can get a profit from it, especially if you move on from the property later down the road, more than likely you're going to make a profit on it. So, you know, I don't think there's this magic number where you have to make a 20% return on it or anything like that, especially as a first time home buyer. I love to talk with first time home buyers who have a lower budget, because if you're looking at, you know, say you pre-approve for a $300,000 mortgage, you can probably get like a good condo around here, realistically. But if you are able to, and you can probably speak on this a little bit better than I can, Guy, if you're able to look at a multifamily, you can typically take those average rents into consideration with your income and then get pre-approved for a little bit more. So that 300 could turn into like 450. And then now you can buy a decent two or three family, probably more of a two family in today's market. So say that, you know, two family is $450,000. It brings in $2,000 worth of rent. The mortgage is around $3,500. Again, you should, you'll know more than I will. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But now you're paying $1,500 for a property that if you were renting it, you're going to be paying $2,000 plus on it. So you, you're, you're able to save some money in that regard. Are you going to make a million dollars off your first investment? No, but you're probably save on living, living expenses. And if you hold it long term, what we've been seeing is that appreciation will be, you know, just so good. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's key in this whole multifamily investing world, right? I think a lot of people look at the cost of multifamilies and they're like, oh, like I'm not going to, I wouldn't qualify for an $800,000 mortgage. Right. But a lot of the times what they're not taking into consideration, like you had mentioned, is the potential rental income that you can use. Uh-huh. I think anytime you're looking at an investment property, all of that rental income, it's like you have a second job exactly. or you know, a third job or an, an additional borrower, right? Right. Uh, because you could be bringing in an extra couple grand each uh-huh. month on income based off of you know, forecasted rents. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the the huge things that you need to take into consideration that a lot of people that aren't familiar with the industry tend to overlook. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that being a landlord isn't as scary as it's drummed out to be sometimes. I think that people just that they hear the word landlord and they're like, no way. But it's like, obviously, every property is different. Every situation is different. Every tenant's different. There's a, mo- a million different variables. But my experience has been amazing. I haven't had any issues with my property. And as I mentioned, I was living for less than $500 a month. And to me, that is well worth the responsibilities. Very, very few people can say that. So that'd be awesome. No, I think as far as like tools goes, do you have any specific tools? I I know you'd mentioned you have like a spreadsheet that you kind of walk through that you put together for yourself. Yeah. Do you have any other external tools that you would recommend for someone yeah. that's in, interested in investing? Definitely. The more tools you have and the more like your network is going to be really helpful in these cases, because if you need, you know, a plumber on the on the fly, if you need an electrician on the fly, you, you want to have a network, which is what I like to be for my clients. You know, I tell them all the time, like if you are buying this multifamily and you need a network of people, just just call me first and I will get you to the right person. 
But aside from that, some actual tools that I use, I, like you said, I do have a spreadsheet. So for looking at property, it just kind of helps you plug all the numbers in. Okay, what's your purchase price? What's your mortgage going to be? What are the maintenance? Maybe you have a uh, lawn care. Maybe you have, you know, all the different maintenance expenses that you would have. But also like maybe if you have laundry, coin op operation, you have more income coming in there. Maybe you're renting out another garage. You can plug all those numbers in and see it all in one place. But aside from that, for the management side of things, I do use a system called Stasa, which has seemed to be really, there's a ton of landlord platforms, but it's been really great to track. So it tracks your expenses. It holds all of your information on all of your properties if you have more than one, but it also helps you collect applications and screen your tenants. So that way they can run the um, background checks, credit checks all in one spot. And it makes it really professional looking, I think. That would definitely be my number one suggestion for sure. Love that. Love that. Yeah. The other the other tool, so like I've actually had this guy on the podcast as well, but multifamily properties. Um, I'll send the link to you after this. Yeah. It's a great platform for really the investor that's looking to get started in the business. There are seasoned there are seasoned investors that are still using something similar to it. And again, it's not much different than the spreadsheet that you have, but what multifamily properties um, does and this is just for Massachusetts, so it doesn't apply to New Hampshire. They're huh. they're planning on moving into that, but right now it's you know a guy that was really smart with investing. But what it does, it ta- it looks through the MLS, finds all of the multifamily properties, and it pulls out all of the information. It pulls out what your mortgage payment would be if you do a you know twenty percent down, if you do fifteen percent down. It pulls out taxes and sh- potential insurance costs. Wow. It also breaks it down a little bit more and gives you all of the other like monthly maintenance. Oh, wow. Oh, that's. It's a, yeah, it's a really, really good tool for people that are looking to get started in investing. And wow. it breaks down all the numbers because, again, wow. you can get involved in real estate investing and not be a numbers guy. Right. But you want to make sure you know, you want to make sure that you have at least some understanding of what's involved. Right. Because they're typically a lot more than that first time buyer might think. Exactly. Yeah, you for sure have to be aware of it. Yeah. I mean, in this in this software breaks down everything. Cap rates, potential return on investment over, you know, one year, five years, ten years. So it's giving a ton of information. No, seriously, it's it's an unbelievable platform and it's something that I, I think everybody in Massachusetts again if they're right. looking to get started, should at least give it a give it a look, give it a right. glance over. And again, at some point, like you've you've done this, you've created a spreadsheet. There, you might get to a point where you think your numbers are a little bit more accurate. These aren't a hundred percent, but for okay. the people that for the people that are new, like this will give yeah. a very good understanding of what you can expect. Right, and to bring it back to education, it just helps build that. You know, the knowledge is key. You just keep seeing it repetitive, you know, be seeing it repetitively and just it just helps you build the understanding of what you're looking at to be able to form your own opinions and decision, make your own decisions on it. Yeah. You had mentioned from a a property management side, I think, what would you say is Stacia? Stacia, yeah. S-T-E-S-S-A. Okay. So kind of along those lines, like what are some of the the challenges and benefits associated with property management for the multifamilies? Yeah, absolutely. So the obvious ones are, you know, managing 
the property physically and the people. I think those are the two biggest things that you have to be worrying about when you're a landlord. And so on the maintenance side of things, you know, when you're buying the property, I always say to first time home buyers that are buying a multifamily, you want to try to, you know, just buy them the least amount of maintenance that you possibly can. What are the the heating systems like? How old are they? I mean, these are things that we typically talk about when we're looking at any property, really. But you want to take extra consideration into it when you're going to be looking at this more as an investment. You know, when you're buying a single family, it tends to be a little bit more emotional. If you love the house, you're like, oh, whatever, the heating system, I'll, I'll deal with it down the road. But if you're looking at it as an investment, oh, if the heating system goes in a year, that's, you know, a big amount of money that you're going to have to put into it. Yeah. So. Yeah, All that definitely is important and just staying up on maintenance, you know, making sure that you have a yearly maintenance routine that you're going through and you're brushing out your gutters and you're, you know, power washing and you're making sure that the basement doesn't have water and you're doing your fire alarms and doing all those, you know, typical maintenance that you really should be doing on any property, but you really want to make sure you're doing it on a multifamily, especially if you plan to not live there at some point. And I, I am the, I am the homeowner that bought a house that I loved, even though the water heater is 60 years old. <laughs> so that is, that is me to a T. Yeah. I just bought this house that had active leaks in the basement. And I was like, I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's I, what uh, dehumidifiers are for, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and every house is going to have something. So it's, yeah. it is what it is, but yeah, that's definitely important is, you know, maintenance because it's it's a it's a structure and you know, especially in New England, how long was it built? How, you know, a lot of these multifamilies, some of them are built in the nineteen hundreds. What does the foundation look like? Has it been maintained over the over the past few years? You know, you can tell, I feel like at least for me, I can tell right away when I walk into a property if it's been maintained or if it hasn't really been touched in the past hundred years. So that, those types of things are super important to look out for. But yeah, you know, obviously I think that people's bigger concern is tenants and, you know, what if they don't pay me? What if I get phone calls in the middle of the night? What if I have to go through an eviction? Like all those things are definitely scary. I don't want to overlook it because it is a liability at the end of the day. It's something that you do have to take into consideration, you know, and when you're buying a property, I used to think that you should never buy a multifamily with tenants in it until I found the property in Hudson and both the tenants were there and they didn't want to leave. And I was like, okay, I mean, they're paying rent. So what I did is I basically made my offer contingent on reviewing their applications and reviewing their rent roll. And for people who aren't familiar, that just means their their history of paying rent. Are they paying and have they paid on time every single month? And so by reviewing their application, I can see where they work. I can see what their income is. And I can then decide from there if I want to move forward on the offer or if I want to renegotiate to have them out of the property when I close on it. And they all checked out. So we left them, we left them in there and it was excellent. You know, we raised rent a little bit over time every year, like $50 a year, which is nothing compared to what people are seeing right now. Yeah. And it just ended up working out. And if you are buying a property that's vacant, the screening aspect is super important. As I was saying with Stasa, you know, checking your, checking credit reports, checking background reports, any judgments or liens. And then obviously their income has to check out. When I worked in property management, it was three times the rent to be their income. So, you know, just being really strict, if you will, on those qualifications is going to help you out to know that you're getting somebody in there that's going to pay and they're going to respect your property. Do things happen sometimes, if even if everything checks out? 
Sure. I'm sure it does. But at least you know that you did everything you can. And sometimes that's the risk you take. Like I said, it's risk and reward, right? Is the risk worth what you get out of it? That's your decision to make. Yeah. I think it's super important to be very thorough with mm-hmm. tenants. I mean, obviously it worked out with you in the in the Hudson property, like you had mentioned, but I think having like those are other things that you also just need to take into consideration. Like you could be buying a, a multifamily home, having tenants that are already there and they're great and that's excellent. Right. But if you're buying a, a property that is vacant, mm-hmm. like you also have to to budget the fact that you might not be getting rent for Correct. one or one, two, maybe three months Correct. while you go through the screening process. So making sure that you're not leveraging all of the cash that you have, like making sure that you have a nest egg to kind of fall back on a little bit, Absolutely. I think is super important in those scenarios. Absolutely. You definitely want to account for a vacancy rate on your you know, on your expenses sheet. So I typically do like a 10% vacancy rate, which for people who aren't familiar, it's basically just a percentage of the rent that you you budget for monthly, just in case you don't have a tenant in there, like you were saying, because that is another real case scenario. If you're depending on that rent to pay the mortgage. It can be scary. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you definitely want to know that And I think, you know, the other end of it too, obviously I have more experience with this because I'm a realtor, but the marketing, the presentation of your property, you know, we just turned over two units and although they were in good shape, they get full paint, they get all floors done, they get a professional cleaning in there, um, you know, things that are are looking a little icky, like the light bulbs and stuff like that. Like you want to present a solid property to the market. And if you do that, I don't, the way the market's been, you won't have an issue finding a tenant because they're going to go to a property like that before they go to a property that is dirty or, you know, that people will know if they've rented before. You know what a good department is and what's not. So <laughs> on the other end of things, being a landlord, you want to present the best possible product to the market that you can. Yeah, I think it's all, all really good information, good advice for buyers. Because honestly, like, again, it's we've both said it at this point, it's so important to just be educated about yes. this process. So I think this is all like really good advice for people. On the flip side of that, I always like ending the interviews with this just out of genuine curiosity, but what is the best piece of advice that you were ever given? The best piece of advice that I've, that I've, I've gotten throughout this whole process is to just not give up. Just keep going. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur starting your own business or you're buying a home, like it's hard out there. You know, I've been through the trenches with my clients. It's so hard to get beat out over and over and over again. And you just want to give up and you just want to renew your lease and just say, forget about it. I'm done with it. And I get it. But I promise if you don't give up, there's property out there for you and it's going to be the perfect property and you're going to be able to leverage it in five to 10 to 20, 30 years. And you're going to be so glad you made that decision to not give up. Or if you are that entrepreneur guy, I'm sure you can relate to this as well. You know, just take it through and nothing happens overnight and there's going to be bad days and you just got to get up every morning and say, today is going to be better. Continue to hustle. I mean, it's all a mentality thing. It really is. Like you can get so caught up in your feet and, and it happened with me. Like I put in 17 offers before I finally got my house and it was such a strenuous, not fun process. Uh, But now I'm sitting in a house, you know, four years later and we've got 
you know, if we decide to sell today, we would right now walk away with like over 200 grand in profit. Oh yeah. It's like, and again, the, the market went bananas. So I'm not saying <laughs> that you'll have 200 grand in four years. I'm not saying. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. And the only way to do it is just to keep your head on straight. Like it's, okay. it's not easy. And, yeah. and that goes honestly for the job as well. Like right we're, for life we're both, in general right <laughs> we're both going through one of the toughest real estate markets that we've seen in a long 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 time yeah and a lot of people in both of our industries have left yeah like my industry got cut in half i know i'm still yeah. here yeah <laughs> so it, it's all a mindset it's all a mindset thing whether it's buying a house or career related it's just you gotta Absolutely. going through it so great okay. advice yeah Thank you. Like so it has not been better to the rip, but yeah. <laughs> it works. Uh, yeah, it absolutely does. Well, that's where we're going to wrap things up. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, yeah. Alyssa, give everyone your information. Like how, do, how does someone reach out to you, uh, sure. whether it be social or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to build up my Instagram. So, you know, that's a whole full-time job in itself. But <laughs> my handle as of late is homebuyer underscore edu. You can probably search Alyssa Guerin. I'll pop up. Like I said, my business is MKG Home Solutions. So it's mkghomesolutions.com is where you'll find all the information from my course coming up and just other tools, some freebies, like a budget template I have on there and a home buyer quiz, actually, if you're unsure of like what you should buy, whether it's a condo, single family, multifamily, you can take that quiz and it will shoot you out an answer. So really, those are the two main places. Obviously, I'm at Lamakia in Salem. So you can search me there. You'll find my email and my phone number. Yeah, give me a call. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> awesome. Well, Alyssa, thank you again. That is all for this week, guys. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk soon. <laughs>